the Links and Locks podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Four. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody, and welcome once again to the Links and Locks podcast, the betting edition. I'm Jason Sobel from Golf Bet. He is Ben Everell from the PGA Tour. And as always, we are going to play 18 holes, nine bets for each of us going back and forth. Benny, we've got the Arnold Palmer Invitational this week after what wound up being a very interesting, dramatic final round of the Honda Classic, which I'll be honest, I did not see that coming after the leaderboard on Saturday night. Welcome to everyone, and uh, thanks for having me again, as always. But I did not expect Daniel Berger to be the one that would sort of falter down the stretch there. But yeah, he left it open for the others to chase, and uh, another first-time winner and another international star maybe on the rise. Sepp Strack has been around a while, though. Yes, he he's a very good player. It's funny, four first-time winners in the last five weeks on the PGA Tour. None of the guys are completely out of nowhere. We've had Luke List, Tom Hoagie, Scotty Scheffler, Sepp Straka, all the guys that coming into the year, he was like, yeah, okay, I can see that. Well, yeah. I just might have a guy that can make it five out of six this week. We'll get to that at some point as we go through our 18 holes. All right, let's tee it up. You're on the first tee, Benny. Where are you going with the first bet of the week? I want you to tell me. See, I've got a, a bunch at the far end and a bunch sort of at the low end this week in terms of odds and risks. See, so it's an interesting scenario where I, I usually find myself in the middle, but this week I find myself either conservative or way off the map. So where should I start, mate? Give me a good one to start. Hey, All right, let's go don't with... Don't tease the people too much. Let's just go with a guy that I've been talking about for a couple of weeks, had another half-decent week. Last week, it's going to be my top 40 play for this week. Not huge odds, but it is a plus figure. You can sort of get plus 110 around this guy who's just moved to 51st in the world. Why is that significant? Look, he wants to get in the top 50 for players, for masters, for all this sort of thing. Cameron Young to continue his form... 110 is good value from the market that you can see where you don't often get the plus value for top 40, but I think he's got a lot to play for and he's been in great form. So I'm going to ride it. You've got me switching up my list already before I've even started. I go to hole two and I'm going to move some things around because I do have Cameron Young on my list. You've got him top 40. I'm going to cut that in half. I'm going to go top 20 plus 330. Cameron Young, like you said, playing really good golf, three top 20s. In his last four starts, he might be the new Sung Jm. We've seen Sung Jay take a couple of weeks off already this year. Cameron Young seems like he plays every single week. Hey, when you're a rookie and it's been your dream to get out there on the PGA Tour and you finally got a chance, step on the gas pedal, take that chance. Really good driver of the golf ball. Hits it a mile. I think that's going to help him a lot at Bay Hill this week. And so there we go. Uh, we've made two bets and they're both on Cameron Young so far. All right, hole number three. Hole <laughs> number three, I'll go to my absolute long shot. People might not know much about this bloke. I might have my bias hat on again, but check out young Min Woo Lee, mm, 200 to like 1 it. or more. He hasn't got form in the US in the events he's played, but he is a Scottish Open winner and he is suited to this course and has had some practice out there and likes what he sees. Now, look, complete long shot. You've got to spread it across the 40, 20, 10, if you like, but... He also knows how to win. So if he gets himself in contention, he'll be able to go hard at it. Drives the golf ball brilliantly. Minwoo Lee, he's got the pedigree. Keep an eye on him. Benny, you're right about a lot of that stuff. He's a big-time talent. He's going to be good at some point. He's been absolutely horrendous 
in the U.S. so far in his very young career. I wrote him up this week as a low-end DFS play. If you're getting a oh. little scared off by, you know what, he's at top 20, top 30, I, I just I don't really like it. Maybe it's 6,400 in DraftKings this week. And yeah, we don't yeah, talk DFS sure. on this pod too much, but that might be the way to go. So in any case, I do think that there's some value there. All right, hole number four. I'm surprised I've gone this long. I'm surprised I've gone, what, four minutes into the pod and not <laughs> mentioned this name yet because I mention him every week. And quite frankly, Benny, I might like him more this week than all the other weeks. I am so high on Keith Mitchell right now. Hey. Four top 12 finishes and five starts so far in 2022. And I'm not sure any of these courses he's played have suited him like Bayhill suits him. He's got a fifth and a sixth place finish in three career starts. I'm going top five at seven to one this week on Keith Mitchell. I knew that was coming. So I headset <laughs> took him out of my picks. I was like, you know what? I'll just back you when you say him. So I don't have him as one of my nine this week, but I definitely tell people to listen to you on that one. He's just been trending for so long and it's got to come. And this is a place for him. Hole five. I'm going to go first round leader. This one's always a bit of a lottery pick. I want a guy that's sort of on the peripheral of contention this week. You might want to look at him at top 10 at odds and that sort of thing as well. But Chris Kirk, T7 last week, the best showing in a long time. He'd been going okay at Scottsdale as well. I think he was top 15 or top 20 at Scottsdale mm-hmm. as well. And he's four for five at Bay Hill. Had a top 10, I think, last year and has four top 15s there. I just feel like he might get some action going and might be worth the 6000 or whatever, plus 6000 you can sort of get for that first round lead. Will he be able to sort of go all the way through? Not certain, but again, have a look at him. Maybe you want to sprinkle a few of those 20s, 10s as well. It's very funny, Benny. As we're waiting to get down the pod here, I got a message from somebody on Twitter who said, hey, what do you think about Chris Kirk this week? I said, eh, you know, contended last week. Yeah, look, I don't love him, but I don't hate him. I'm okay with it. And then I went into the little double check of those results at API. Wow. Wait a second here. Chris Mm. Kirk has had a very strong record and Bale is one of those courses where you tend to see the same players on the leaderboard year after year after year. One of them, I have a feeling the Aussie whisperer is going to be talking about at some point (laughs) in the pod in a little bit. All right. You went first round leader. I will also go first round leader for the sixth hole. Another guy who tends to play well here every single year Nine straight made cuts. He's got a couple of top five finishes. Tends to start strong on a regular basis. That's Keegan Bradley. Keegan Bradley, 80 to one to take that first round lead this week. Caveat right now, we are giving these picks before we have seen the tee times. But quite frankly, and I live about 10 minutes away from Bay Hill, I don't know that there's a massive differential we're going to see this week. For one of the first times all year, I don't really see an edge where say, okay, well, you know, in the morning, it's going to be a little bit colder and the ball's not going to carry like we saw on the West Coast. So maybe go after the afternoon, guys. Last week, we were saying, ah, you know what? It's windy at PGA National. Take the morning, guys, because it's going to start blowing in the afternoon. This week, I kind of go, ah, it's sort of the same all day. It's going to get a little hot and sticky here pretty early, and it's going to persist throughout the entire day. It's about the same all day. So I'm not worried too much about tee times. Keegan Bradley for me at 80 to one. Hole number seven. I'll go down to one of my sort of shorter priced picks, if you will, and, and go into that top 20 market. A guy that leads the FedEx Cup at the moment, you know, nine for nine to start the year, seven for seven at Bay Hill, a couple of top 25s as well. In the top 20 last year, so I think you can keep that going. Hideki Matsuyama for me, just so solid. I feel like he'll be building into the players where I'm higher on him, to be honest. It's one of those ones where you can get the plus 130. Why not take it? Bank it. Let's go. 
plays and practices right down the road from Bay Hill at the Golden Bear Club at Keens Point. So not only does he know the golf course this week, but knows sort of the regular conditions around here, knows the grass, knows the weather patterns, all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to follow your top 20 with my top 20 for the eighth hole. There have been a lot of bets. You ever see on social media where the books will tweet out siren emojis with uh, (laughs) big bet alert, watch out. And there have been a few of them lately on Carlos Ortiz. And when it happens, you go, whoa, what does someone else know that I don't know? (laughs) Apparently nothing because he hasn't played that great yet. A couple of top 40s in his last two starts. But I can almost see it come. I can see the rationale behind, okay, I'm going to bet Carlos Ortiz until he pops. And I think he's going to pop at some point. I'm not going all in on the big bet alert this week and taking him there. But just for a top 20 plus 450, I think that's a nice number. So I will go with Ortiz. I haven't really been watching him that closely, sir, but he's an international guy and non-American, so I've got to give him some love. Go for it. My next one, look, I'll have a look around at the matchups and a couple of trios on uh, DraftKings that sort of caught my eye. And of course, it's one of my uh, Aussie mates again. You can get plus 160 Adam Scott over Russell Henley and Jason Kokrak. And for me, that's money for jam at Bay Hill. Adam Scott is really good on that track. Scotty just knows that place well. Again, he's been trying to peak heading into the players and then into Augusta. He's on that trend. He played pretty decent at Riviera. I think that's sort of an easy get over Henley and Kokrak. The Aussie Whisperer getting after Adam Scott. We are going to make the turn here. By the way, last time I played Bay Hill, Betty, uh, we made the turn and we said, you know, we all need a snack. There were four of us. Four grown men wound up with peanut butter and jelly sandwiches at the turn. I hope the king would have proved we might have had a beverage with them as well. So we're going to go make a turn at Bay Hill. And for just a minute, we're now joined by the hosts of the Better Golf Podcast, Nick Brettwish and Spencer Aguiar, golf betting experts and specialists in the finishing position markets, here to provide their favorite top five, top 10, and top 40 plays for the API. Thank you, Jason and Ben. We are very excited to be back, as always, with the Action Network. I got my boy Spencer Aguiar, the FSWA DFS Golf Writer of the Year with me, and we're going to get into the placement market. It's a pretty light card for me as well this week, just a lot of carnage. I've heard the rough is going to be like four inches thick, so maybe playing like a U.S. Open long course here at Bay Hill, but I got Maverick McNeely, Top 40, FanDuel, minus 105. I usually don't like to lay that juice, but I did have 50 points of value there. My model said it should be right around minus 155. He's just a machine in strokes gained off the tee. Very strong, long iron play, and he's very good around the green if he misses the green in regulation. My model's got him overall, I believe, at 18th. He's a great putter and very solid bogey avoidance in addition to a great form of eight straight top 40 finishes, Maverick McNeely. Then I'm going to move down the board a little bit to Seamus Power, top 40 on FanDuel, plus 115. My model had him at minus 130. Obviously, he is not in anywhere near the recent form that Maverick McNeely is, but he's an excellent course fit, according to my model, for a top 50 golfer in the world. Excellent bogey avoidance, accurate off the tee, and long enough to compete here so i'm gonna buy low with seamus power at plus 115 and then a gross bomb of the week and no pun intended on the bomb there trey molinax an absolute lengthy monster off the tee who could just light up these par fives the longer par fours if he can actually hit the fairway that is the risk here but he is plus 350 on DraftKings. my model had him at plus 310 so just about 40 points of value there he's actually very solid at the bogey avoidance he's a good putter and he's in 
somewhat good form here with two straight top 30 finishes. I will kick it off to Spencer. Spencer, what's on the card this week? Yeah, thanks, Nick. I've expressed my disdain before on this show for what happens to the slate when we get these reduced size contests. Books tend to skew numbers towards the top half of the field. And while that can be conducive to an extremely promising board here and there, my model seems to be rather aligned with the pricing for the top 20 names for the week. Unfortunately, that shrinks some of the value further down the board. And when we look at options like Corey Connors or Keegan Bradley, I just don't love the number we have to pay to get ourselves into the top 40 market. There is more water volatility on this course than any other track that we receive yearly, which means I'm looking for some deeper shots to dart throw since I'm not a huge player inside of most other placement markets without each way present. But the first name that registered as a value on my model was Sebastian Munoz at plus 165 on FanDuel. That is plus 120 on DraftKings. I really like where Munoz's game has been trending over the past month. He has posted three top 39 finishes in a row, averaging 5.43 shots to the field with his irons and driver. And really the only thing that has been lacking is the putter, which has gone beyond ice cold to the tune of negative 3.43 strokes per start. Putting is a volatile statistic for the best of them. And we know Munoz has never been a good POA putter in the past. It's been his worst surface historically, and I think the change back to Bermuda is coming at the perfect time for him to keep the momentum rolling. And then that will bring me to my second play this week on a golfer I don't typically find myself backing on most slates, uh, but sometimes you have to trust what a player is telling you about how a venue fits their eye, even if the stats are saying otherwise. So I punched a ticket on Ian Poulter to come top 40 at plus 160 on FanDuel. We see that plus 110 on DraftKings, but the Englishman grades inside the top 30 for me when I enhance some of the course history in my numbers. Poulter has played the venue 13 times in his career, finishing inside the top 48 during 12 of those occasions. And I'm going to trust my safety model and grab a generous plus 160 tag on a golfer that has showed solid form here recently, including last week at the Honda Classic. And as always, Nick and I usually add a play or two on Twitter throughout the week if you follow us at StickPicks or at tee off sports, but we will try to keep some of that positive momentum rolling on this show into the Arnold Palmer Invitational. There you have it. We got Maverick McNeely, Seamus Power, Trey Mullinax, Sebastian Munoz, and I hate to even say his name. It's so gross, but Ian Poulter, all top 40. We will kick it back to you, Jason, and good luck to everybody this week at Bay Hill. All right, we're back. I'm trying to get that peanut butter off the roof of my mouth, and we are making the turn here. Hole number 10. I'm going off campus. I'm going away from Bay Hill for just a minute. Now, we are recording at... Oh, it's nine o'clock Eastern time, Monday evening. The odds for the Puerto Rico Open are, for some reason, not out. I have not seen. I get it's an opposite field event. I get there's been uh, uh, people dropping out of the field left and right. I get that there's a lot of uncertainty and volatility here. I'm not sure I remember a PGA Tour event that didn't have odds this late on a Monday that were out in any book. It's almost like nobody wants to be first. None of the books want to be the first one to go, all right, we'll do it. So they're all waiting for each other, I think, to drop the odds. That said, when the odds do come out, four names I will be looking at for outright plays in Puerto Rico this week. Rafa Cabrera-Bayo with a win and a second-place finish in his last eight worldwide starts. Joseph Bramlett playing some nice golf, and he's played well in that region in the past. Mark Hubbard, who's had a couple of title contentions on Corn Ferry and PGA Tour in the last two weeks. And Chase Seifert, who had it going at least for the first couple of days at the Honda Last week, those are my four outright plays for the Puerto Rico Open. I might throw a Brian Stewart in there. I might throw a 
Chase got her up as a big-time underdog, the collegiate player at Oklahoma, but that's always fun to play. So don't neglect the Puerto Rico Open if and when they actually come out with some odds this week. <laughs> Definitely look around because it might be worth something where you can just throw a lottery pick in, put your five bucks on someone that's out there at odds that you've heard of before, and they could very easily make something of their career right there in Puerto Be- Rico. Better chance of a guy who's 150 to 1 winning at the Puerto Rico Open than at the Arnold Palmer Invitational yep. this week. You know, you've just given me a great segue, actually, because my mid-range long shot is 150 to 1. So I'm going to go on this guy. Look, all I can say is this is maybe one of those feel bets, right, rather than anything concrete. Going for the story, you know, trying to back the story, and that's Sahith Thigala, 150 to 1. Just a super talent. Hasn't got the super experience around Bay Hill. Will the track suit him? I don't really know, but I do know that he's in a great headspace. He's very hungry to win after missing out in Phoenix. And I think that 150 is a great number for someone who could easily break out at any stage. There are a whole lot of guys with big numbers like that or even bigger next to their names this week at Bay Hill where you go, yeah, maybe I can say. How about I'm going to give you four international team players, and the last of which is my actual bet here for the 12th hole. But how about Brandon Grace, who won mm-hmm. the Puerto Rico Open last yep. year and is a world-class player. Taylor Pendrith. They're the roughest thick this week. I want a big dude who can match it out of there. He qualifies. Cam Davis getting no love in the marketplace this week. Cam Davis with massive odds this week. Hey, anywhere you have to drive it well, Cam Davis should be a pretty good player. And then the guy that I'm actually picking here, Dylan Fratelli, who had a nice week last week. I believe I mentioned him on the pod a week ago. I'm just taking him very conservatively for a top 40 at plus 140. But if you'd like to cut that in half, a top 20 for, I believe, twice the number or three times the number. I think that's pretty good play on Fratelli this week. I like it, mate. I'll give the tip. My last three holes, sort of not the biggest value, if you will, out there on the market, but I just feel like I have to attack these guys. So my top 10, I'll go down for, I'll go 10, five, and then my winner will be my last hole. But my top 10 is a former champion at the event. I think he's got a little angry ant in him and likes to do well at a place like this as things sort of ramp up in the season. Tyrrell Hatton at plus 250 for a top 10 is something that I enjoyed seeing in terms of value. Never missed a cut at Bay Hill. He's had five attempts there before. He won in 2020, as I mentioned. I feel like that 250 is pretty decent value for the top 10. When you said a former champion, Benny, I would have swore you were going Mark Leishman right there. Maybe we still hear Alicia's name in the next couple of picks. All right. Hole 14. (laughs) I'm going with a matchup play. The top two players on the board, I'm fading the guy at the top. I'm taking Rory McIlroy and his stellar record at this one. Six finishes of 11th or better in seven career starts, including the win back in 2018 over John Rahm, who's never played this event before. That to me is just a smash play. Usually for matchups, I like digging a little bit below the surface. I like looking for guys who, okay, let me find some value in the mid tier, the lower tier of guys who might not be priced out. Right. I'm usually looking beyond the superstars this time. I think Rory that right about even money in a matchup against Rom minus one Oh five or so. I like that play a lot. I think that's a really smart play this week. You pushed me straight towards hole 15 with my top five pick. Rory McIlroy. Again, another guy, not Mr. Cut at Bay Hill has a win there in 2018. Five times top tens in a row, I think. Five in a row, maybe. Bay Hill. Uh, Ridiculous. And it's funny that you said that because I looked at the same markets in the trios as well. There's a few trios that you can get out there with Ram, Rory, and, you know, whoever else it is, where 
Rory is not the favourite. Ram is, and I just don't see that. Look, Ram's incredible. Clearly, he's the best player in the world at the moment on the rankings, so we know that. But you've got to know some of the nuances of Bay Hill, usually. You've got to have some sort of pedigree there. And to be frank, I think Ram's probably thinking the week after as well, as much as anything. He's probably looking at it as a bit of a warm-up into the players. So... I think Rory is out there for anyone who wants him this week. I wonder if by the time we get to Thursday morning, these odds are a little bit tighter at the top of the outright board where uh, Mm. Rory closes that gap between him and Rom. And in fact, hole 16, I'm going to go back to this. Look, I am not in a full fade of John Rom this week. It's not like I hate him. I never hate him. The guy's the best player in the world, like you just said. That said, (laughs) he is on DraftKings right now, plus 750 to win this tournament. No. Okay, seven and a half to one. Yeah, whatever. He shouldn't be, but okay, that's the odds. He's plus 650, six and a half to one to miss the cut. <laughs> I'm going to take John Rom to miss the cut. Do I really think it's going to happen? No, not really. Do I like that number? Yes. Yes, I do. I really like six and a half to one to miss the cut this week. I get it. There's only 120 players. More than half the players are going to make the cut. But if indeed John Rahm is looking at this more as maybe he's got to fulfill one of those deals where he's got to play a different event. He chose this one. Hey, I'm going to be in Florida for next week anyway, and I'll get out of there by Friday afternoon, drive up to Ponte Vedra Beach, and I'll be at TBC Sawgrass for a couple extra days. You never know. And so we've seen John Rahm miss cuts in the past at places where he should have made it. Plus 650 feels like a really nice value to take a chance on that. Ram was struggling with the putter at, at Genesis, right? And I think in the final round, he changed his putter too and was tinkering. This to me smacks of a, I'm not quite feeling exactly comfortable as I want for the players' championship. I'm going to go play, maybe tinker a few things, maybe check a few things, maybe try a putter or whatever it might be. And now, of course, that could mean he could go lights out, right? He's that good of a talent. Mm-hmm. But it could also mean that if two balls go in the water early in his first or second round, that the mind goes to next wood. 650 for a miscut is definitely a better value than 750 to win it before yes, they exactly, hit a ball. Exactly. So I'm with you. All right. So we're at 17th, right? My winner. You've teased it all day. Anyone who knows me knows this was coming, but I am going to stay with the Aussie. Mark Leishman, it is one of his two favourite tracks on tour every year. He has one there in 2017, legitimately in form, heading towards Bay Hill where he loves to play. I think I saw 28 to 1, 30 to 1, even 40 in some places, which I think is brilliant value if you can get it. He's had three top threes there as well, including the mm-hmm. win. Six top 25. Third, yeah. I just, I can't go past him. Look, I know you got the rest of you might think there's some biases. So if you're worried and not as gung-ho as I am, Definitely look at the five, the 10, the 20, but like Leash never plays bad at Bay Hill and he's in good spirits. I would like the people to know that you and I don't talk about our picks beforehand at all. We Mm. don't mention them. We don't go over them with each other. I had absolutely no idea where you were going. And yet on what the 13th hole, I said, huh, that's interesting. I was expecting you to name Mark Leishman pretty soon. I knew (laughs) it was coming. I knew you were going with Leash at some point. I've got no problem with it. I also like him in the first round leader market. As well, he's got a nice little first round scoring average at Bay Hill in addition to the other three rounds as well. All right, 18th hole, last hole, my favorite play on the board. Mentioned right off the top of the pod, Benny, four first-timers in the last five weeks. I can see a fifth first-timer in six weeks. Will Zalatoris, my favorite Ah. outright play on the board this week. The guy is a tremendous ball striker. We already know that. Finished 10th at this event. In his first start last year, he's got a second, a sixth, and a 26th and three starts 
so far this year. I think putting is neutralized a bit at Bay Hill. Essentially, no one's going to make too many. No one's going to miss too many. It's going to be a whole lot of two putts. Give me the guys that strike it the best tee to green. And there aren't a whole lot that do it better than Will Zalatoris at 28 to 1. I am jumping all over that play, Benny. I can't believe I've left him out of all my nine bets. That's a great call. Again, with this slot in the schedule with the players following it up, the guys that are going to have that little bit more hunger, even if things start to go, you know, you have a bad hole here or there, are the ones that haven't won or the ones that don't have that sort of mentality of trying to peak the week after. And so huge, huge, huge plus, huge ceiling there on Zalatoris. Definitely a good pick for people to look at. Can't wait for this week to get going. I'll be out at the Arnold Palmer Invitational throughout the entire week. Can't wait to get out there and see all the guys and see the rough. It's going to be some thick stuff out there. It's going to be very, very difficult once again at Bay Hill. For Ben Everell, I'm Jason Sobel. Thanks to everybody out there for listening to this episode of the Links and Locks podcast. Remember, you can find our podcast anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Download, subscribe, rate us, and yes, listen every single week. Good luck with all your bets for this week's Arnold Palmer Invitational. Here's hoping you hit the green.